Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am, of course, Kami Jace. Hello, everybody. It is February 25th, I think. Yep, February 25th. Uh, welcome to the Weekly Cooldown, where we talk about video game news in a fun and interesting way. Uh, today, we have a lot to talk about. Um, there's some good news coming from Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, Blizzard did some interesting things, and we're going to talk about Bitcoin a little later as well. But before we get into all of that, I have a little segment I want to do uh, called the Community Spotlight. Uh, this is where we're going to take a look at some people in the gaming community who are doing some pretty cool stuff and have some pretty cool ideas. And so with me right now, I have a good friend who's going to introduce themselves. Hi there. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm Livy. Mm -hmm. I, um, I've been running a blog called Livy Plays Final Fantasy for well over six years now. It's kind of mm -hmm. hard to imagine it's been that long. Um, what I do with Livy Plays Final Fantasy is, um, well, the blog itself is meant to serve as literary criticism for video games in the Final Fantasy series and those loosely related to it, like Kingdom Hearts, Vagrant Story, mm -hmm. and the like. Cool. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. I miss being in your city. Oh, yeah, you moved away from me. I did, but it's been going pretty <laughs> great, and hopefully I'll be back soon. Good. I'm glad to have you on here, and I'm glad you're happy to be on here. Um, so let's kind of jump right in, um, because you have you've done something kind of interesting, kind of um, something people don't do often. As you say, uh, it's like a literary blog. So how how do you really define your role in the gaming community, or what what would you want it to be? Okay. Um... So it's interesting. I think my blog can serve different purposes depending on who's reading it. I think some people see it as sure. a typical playthrough, which is totally fine. And I do greatly appreciate that. Um, but a lot of other people have come to me recently and have said um, that my blog has been a resource to them. And this is a lot of, for a lot of different kinds hmm. of fans. Um, there's role players and fanfic writers, but even some artists will um, refer back to my work. What I'll do essentially is um, I'll record video clips of certain key cutscenes or um, I'll record clips of, say, boss battles. But what I'll do is I'll break each mm -hmm. scene down, sometimes frame by frame. I'll point out trends in animation, for instance, uh, and really mm -hmm. deliver beat-by-beat beat criticism of what is happening, what is the scene trying to say, what are the characters trying to say in the scene, and how does it fit into a broader picture, what message does this tell overall? And I think that mm -hmm. is the sort of thing that's um, something that a lot of people can appreciate in different ways. Um, a lot of artists in particular have been able to really use that to better to better their art and I really appreciate that it's been really really humbling to hear the different ways that people have yeah the, the different things people have gotten out of this blog yeah that's really awesome um so you're kind of like a almost like a lore resource but also like a like just like a resource in general really 
Mm-hmm. I would say so. It's interesting. Um, so I know what your favorite Final Fantasy is, but why don't you tell the <laughs> listeners what your favorite is? Of course. So for those who don't follow Libby Plays Final Fantasy, um, in particular, I've been really well known as um, someone who's really big into Ivalice, the Ivalice Alliance, which includes Final Fantasy Tactics, um, Final Fantasy Twelve, and the lesser known Vagrant Story, which is not mm-hmm. technically a Final Fantasy, but let's Let's be real, Final Fantasy XIV's Return to Ivalice Raid did include references to Vagrant Story, so for all intents and purposes, it's Final Fantasy now. I'm sorry, it's canon. Yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) Matsuno himself confirmed it. So, essentially, though, Final Fantasy XII is really where my blog has stood out over the years. Um, I've done multiple Mm -hmm. playthroughs, I'm in the middle of one now, and with the recent PC release of Final Fantasy XII, um, I've been diving back into it, answering a lot of questions, and it's been really fun. It's been a really great experience. Uh, but 12 is probably mm-hmm. the nearest and dearest to my heart as far as games in the Final Fantasy series. Right. Um, so talk a little bit ugh, talk a little bit about uh, Final Fantasy 12 for us. Sure. Um, so I think the thing about Final Fantasy 12 that at least separates it from the rest of the series, is Mm -hmm. probably the localization. Um, So the localization was done by Alexander O. Smith, who, for all intents and purposes, is um, considered to be an expert at localization, at just what he does. He's really set a lot of precedents. Um, And Mm -hmm. as kind of an aside, too, um, Alexander O. Smith is a really interesting person to read if you're someone who's interested in how video games are made and how localization happens. Um, He's written a lot of think pieces and he's done a lot of interviews about what makes a localization good and what smith argues is that a localization is much a good localization is much less about having an accurate translation and much more about being a good enough writer to improve on the original text and that's something that's really resonated with me right but i think 12 is a really great example of how localization shouldn't necessarily be a straightforward translation. I think 12's English localization really builds mm-hmm. on the original Japanese text in a lot of really surprising ways that people tend to take for granted. So assuming you are someone who knows absolutely nothing about Final Fantasy XII, um, I think a good place to start explaining it is that it's a story about imperialism. It's about a small desert kingdom being mm-hmm. taken over by the massive Arcadian Empire. And in the English text, the Arcadian Empire are very much coded as being British, like 19th century Britain. Some of the characters have very, very, um, very differing British accents. You have, um, very like posh English accents. And then you have the lower status Arcadians who have, um, definitely lower status accents, if you will. Yeah, like the, uh, Cockney, Cockney accents. It's funny because Cockney accents are actually, they do have a place in the game, but they're, um, they're, they're actually for the, the cockatrices. Oh, in, that's right. In the Dalmascan desert. Right, yeah. But <laughs> no, it's um, just a lot of different... Um, you get a lot of indications of class in, sure. in Final Fantasy XII, too, which I think is also very interesting. Um, but a lot of those different accents are completely absent from the original Japanese script, which I think is almost a shame, because... 
if you have this world that hinges on imperialism and the realities of imperialism, then really, like, you're losing a lot if you just have straightforward speech throughout, I think. Um, right. Final Fantasy Twelve has um, not only the British speech for the conquerors, if you will, but it has um, an entire nation of people who speak with um, South Asian and Southeast Asian accents. And they use... Um, hmm. The, it's the kingdom of Bujerba, who um, they're like up in the middle of the sky and they're considered more of a neutral territory. But um, their leader mm -hmm. speaks with a, I think it's a Sri Lankan accent. They're, um, and he's the one, he's Andor, the one who the meme comes out of the, don't, like, right. don't listen yes. to Andor's lies that everyone knows. Andor is a really interesting figure, but he's, um, he does speak with a noticeable uh, South Asian accent. And um, the people of Bujerba will use um, words in Sanskrit in their daily speech, which is honestly just fascinating to me. But again, all of that is just absent from the right. from the Japanese yeah. text. Seems like a lot of um, like I, not only so you're saying basically not only is a lot of thought put into the writing, but like the world is built around these accents and these different cultures that we know in real life absolutely um and i think there's a lot i'm not going to say that final fantasy 12 does diversity perfectly mm -hmm. uh, because it definitely does have its issues i think there are definitely opportunities where uh, for instance a lot of the main cast could have been either brown or black and that completely got disregarded but mm -hmm. at the same time i think Final Fantasy XII is really surprising to a lot of people who I've talked to recently because they say, oh, I didn't know that this game had so much cultural depth to it. Hmm. Um, I think another thing, too, to me at least, that has always resonated with me is um, I think Final Fantasy XII to this day has one of my favorite, char favorite female characters in just about any piece of media I've ever encountered, and that's... Um, Ashelia Benargan Dalmasca. Ashelia. Ashelia Benargan Dalmasca. <laughs> um, so, I think in Can terms of twelve, I think. Sorry, I just no, think Benargan is a hilarious middle name. No, it's a, it's a hilarious word, um, especially um, Benargan. Yeah, Benargan. <laughs> um, it's just, I think, in terms of twelve story, Ash is ultimately the driving character behind the narrative. And the story mm -hmm. itself revolves around Ash's quest to regain agency for both herself and for her kingdom. And it's about her need to, stri to strike a balance between justice and power. And that, to me, is still an incredibly powerful story and an underrated story. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's not to bash on any female characters in the Final Fantasy series that came before her, but I think there's something still very powerful about a female character being angry and making yeah. that the center of her story um in most final fantasies at, at least from what i've <laughs> seen it often revolves around romance of some <laughs> kind uh especially from like i'd say about final fantasy 6 to 10 it's all kind of romance novels like uh with six, you have uh, 
Terra and uh, Locke. Um, with seven, you have uh, uh, Cloud and Barrett. I mean, Aerith. <laughs> um, <laughs> with eight, you have. Um, yeah, you know, the yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, um, I would and so on and so forth. I'd make a single exception to that, and I would say I don't necessarily know if the romance between Yuna and Titus necessarily drives the narrative, but at the same time, I totally get what you mean. I think. Yeah, it's definitely a, a like the bigger theme. Absolutely. Aside, I mean, I think I think in her own regard, Yuna is very angry. Oh yeah. Um, uh, in 10 and subsequently in 10 part 2 uh, but the really kind of driving force is her love for Titus mm-hmm. Mr. Long Short 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 <laughs> um, no I understand <laughs> that and yeah 12 um, Ash never really puts 12 in a position of having a love interest yes she has a husband who subsequently dies within the first 10 minutes spoiler alert Um, But at the same time, she doesn't have that key figure to really bond with. And some people say Balthier is that supposed to be that figure in the narrative, but I don't, I've never seen that quite personally. And I think Balthier, sorry, go ahead. from From the bit that I've played from 12, I don't, does anyone really have a romance? It's debatable, but... Um, I think for me, the at least the relationship that has always stuck out is between two admittedly minor characters. Um, well, Gabrenth, mm-hmm. who's the main antagon- one of the main antagonists of Twelve, and um, his right. female um, compatriot Dr- Drace. But even so, that's just a very, mm-hmm. very, very minor segment of the whole the game as a whole. Um, and there's absolutely nothing really within the main cast. As long as you don't count, say, Balthier and Fran, who right. I have a soft spot in my heart for them, but at the same time, you can play through the entire game and not right. get a single hint of romance between them. And that's also perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think no matter how you look at it, romance is just not a key part of Twelve story in the least. Yeah, it does not seem that way. Mm-hmm. Um... So, would you recommend 12 to someone who's kind of just starting out in the Final Fantasy series? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that Final Fantasy 12 or any game in the Evil East Alliance, for that matter, is for everyone. Um, the narrative is a little more sophisticated, and I think it requ- requires a different sort of narrative literacy, if you will. And I, th- I think sure. Final Fantasy XII is interesting because it was released in t- 2006 to begin with. And that was a time really, mm-hmm. when you think about it, that was a time before things like Game of Thrones were popular, where you had a massive cast of characters and places and all sorts of historical events to keep track of in your head as you're mentally going through it. That sort of storytelling has become yeah. so much more mainstream nowadays. Whereas in final in 2006 mm-hmm. or so, whenever this was first released, people saw this and they were like, what is going on? It was just not a sort of... Right. It, it just wasn't a thing that people were accustomed to. But I think it's funny because now, if you're looking on different, say, like, gaming review sites or whatever, people are so, so much more accepting of 12 than they were 
12 years ago and i think that's hilarious quite honestly yeah, yeah i think so too um so i think that is something to definitely keep in mind if you're thinking of starting 12 which is um you're gonna have to kind of mentally prepare yourself for a whole slew of facts and just kind of compartmentalize it somewhere and you're not going to understand everything the first time through quite honestly i think that's kind of a hallmark mm -hmm. of different all especially final fantasy tactics especially vagrant story um but you're not going to understand all of the references and especially all the foreshadowing that um that's thrown at you the first time around you're really going to need to replay it more than right. once and then i think when that character says whatever it is that they say you're going to be like oh you piece of crap right <laughs> right that's what's going to happen and that's happened to me a couple times it still happens to me i've played through these games countless times and i still find things to really appreciate just little quirks in the dialogue that i'm like oh he did not just say that right it's, it's pretty great <laughs> oh well then that is livy everyone <laughs> Um, where can people find uh, Livy Plays Final Fantasy? Um, Livy Plays Final Fantasy.tumblr.com. Awesome. And where can people find you should they wish to just hear what you have to say? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm also on Twitter, just at Livy Plays FF. Mm -hmm. That's mostly more, um, mostly dog videos and cat pictures and political memes, but I do That's have quite fine. a few things to say about Final Fantasy on there as well. That's what we go on Twitter for anyway. <laughs> yeah, who's kidding who? <laughs> All right. Uh, Livy, thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Of course. And we will be right back with more show, everyone. Stay tuned. Thanks so much. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Weekly Cooldown. It is me again, Kami Jace, you can't escape from me. <laughs> um, uh, so it's time to jump right back into the news. Um, and we have a lot of it to cover. Um, there's been a lot going on this past week. Um, and I'm going to need some help going over it all. So I have a new friend here, and he's going to introduce himself. Oh goodness, I have to introduce myself. Um, Do it. Well... To do it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm Bull. I'm a uh, gamer for life here, pretty much. I follow everything and every one, and you know, I don't know, just just a guy, just a guy, guy. with some opi opinions and some news to help you run through. I like that you said gamer for life because all I could think of is like, there's an Aqua Teen Hunger Force episode where Carl just goes for life, and now it's just in my head. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, so, what have you been playing this week? Let's start there. Well, this week has been a busy week. Um, I picked up Persona 5 again for the second playthrough. Hmm. Um, meant to, been meaning to do that for a while now. Uh, um, finished it when it came out, probably a couple weeks after it came out. Really enjoyed it. Played the hell out of it. Um, didn't finish everything that I wanted to do, so we're going to start a second playthrough of it. And then, um... A lot of Final Fantasy XIV. Mm -hmm. uh, some, I don't know. I've been trying to play Overwatch again. Play a lot of Roadhog. Don't really, I don't know. Roadhog time. Roadhog time. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, yeah. good. 
Um, so we're going to kind of jump right into it. Um, starting with, since you said Final Fantasy XIV, we'll start with the next installment, XV. Uh, Final Fantasy XV will launch their Windows edition on March 6th. Square Enix has announced that extra costumes and power-ups will be available for these Windows Edition players, of course. However, for Steam users in particular, one of these extra costumes happens to be the Half-Life main protagonist costume, uh, Gordon Freeman. Uh, so, you, yeah, you can feasibly make Gordon Freeman in Final Fantasy XV. Um, in addition, they'll also introduce the crowbar as a weapon. Uh, so, you know, you get to live your... Half-Life 3 dreams in a... Final I was going to say, my f- Half-Life, <laughs> Half-Life 3 is my f- favorite Final Fantasy game. Right. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Um, Half-Life 3 is not confirmed, but Half-Life uh, Final Fantasy 15 is. So just, you know, put on those glasses and get, get to beating up some monsters with the crowbar. And you did it. I mean... I mean, like, can you imagine somebody just going across the countryside, like, fighting monsters and with a fucking crowbar? I'm <laughs> I'm expecting so many YouTube videos and so many Twitch streamers just like, I'm Gordon Freeman, and I'm gonna beat up, the, I don't know, uh, what's in 15? Like, a, a dragon I'm gonna, with a crowbar. I'm gonna fight... I'm gonna fight the giant Adam and Poison, and I'm gonna beat it with a crowbar right. until it dies. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean... <laughs> I mean, if, there's, if there's any way to get Steam players to play any game ever, it's put some Valve content in it. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, um, it's just, I don't know, this is just, this is a stretch though, man. Good. Like, <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. I was like, isn't this a, a bit much? Um, isn't this like a little bit much? But, I don't know, it's, I mean, it's modeled really well, um. It, it looks good. It doesn't fit the motif of the game at no, all, it though. Doesn't. It, looks, it looks quite out of place, I will agree. <laughs> um, especially that, like, strange orange color of Half-Life. That, like, mm-hmm. rustic, like, realist orange. Yeah, definitely. It's just... It's out of place, but you know what, though? Sometimes out of place makes for the best you know, experience. That is true. It makes things look wacky and... Know, go with that now because it's coming on pc i have to wonder what kind of mods we'll see because as soon as anything hits pc modders just eat it <laughs> it's like they just take it and run with it yeah first mods do it's really more a question of not what mods it's how fast is the nude mod gonna be made because oh, there's always a nude mod for everything yeah i guess I don't think I don't think people are that interested in male mods though. Oh well, if it's yeah, multiplayer, well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Through the comrades. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, not. you're right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it um yeah it's it's just some extra wacky content. But I've I was I was just hearing about the file size though. That's really off putting. Yeah, I'm not. It's like hundred hundred gigabytes or something. Yeah. Like, dear God. I'm probably gonna wait a while uh, if I grab it at all. Um, because I've got to do a lot of computer cleanup before I commit to 100 gigabytes on <laughs> anything. Very serious commitment. Yes. It's... We had to go to that next level with your PC. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to put 100 gigabytes in you. Yeah. That's a... Uh... <laughs> oh, Lord. You got to take it to the courthouse before I do that. Um, <laughs> so... 
Speaking of new uh, content and characters, Overwatch might have teased a new character uh, this weekend. Or, yeah, this weekend. Uh, In a rather cryptic tweet from Overwatch, uh, discussing a summary of what is being called Operation White Dome, the report names a few operatives, Anna, Amare, Torbjorn, and Reinhardt, and also Private First Class Emre Sarioglu. Sarioglu. Uh, the newest name, of course, being Emre. Uh, a couple days before this new, the news hit, this uh, rather cryptic tweet hit, um, the forums were asking for a hint on the 27th new hero, and Jeff Kaplan took to the forums saying, okay, incoming, brace for it, and soon after, this supposed teaser came into light. So, it's pretty safe to say that this is like this is gonna be the hero we don't know anything about this hero we don't know uh weapons uh design anything just yet but we've got a name and that's a pretty good start for me <laughs> yeah they're they're very good about very subtly putting things in to clue you in the reddit detectives are always on the case looking for different things when patches are made right and you know, before long, we'll know exactly what we're looking at here. I actually haven't checked Reddit. Did did you happen to? I haven't seen anything about this quite yet. Okay. I don't think they put any. I don't think they put anything in game yet, in the files or anything right. yet. But um, it'll happen. I'm sure next next PTR builds will probably have something that people dig out. I'm excited. Speaking and... of PTR builds, um, let's talk about my boy Hanzo real quick because. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I spoke about it last episode, but Jeff did say that they were working on a Hanzo fix um, or like a fix to the scatter arrow issue um, where he'll get like a ability that allows him to rapid fire arrows, maybe about five arrows. I need that in my life. (laughs) I don't. I don't really care about Scattered Arrow. I get kills with it fine, sure, cool, excellent. But the thing I have trouble with the most is uh, close proximity. I can't I can't fire fast enough and kill things fast enough. So if I have that rapid fire thing, I'll I'll be so happy. Plus, he also said a, a horizontal jump or a yeah, horizontal jump skill that would allow him to like re-engage or disengage with people and I I need that too. Hanzo has no mobility except for like climbing walls. Congrats. <laughs> well, I mean, but but without a scatter arrow, how are you going to do simple geometry? This that's, that's your favorite thing, isn't it? It is. Simple, simple geometry are... is very important. <laughs> 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 Math is important. Math don't is do this important. to me. No, you're right. Um, I mean, I don't know that. I think, I think there's so much math in Hanzo already because you have to like trajectorize your shots and shit like that. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into it. Definitely, a lot of variable factors, just like firing a bow and arrow in real yeah. life. You know, it's. Um, but they did say I know that there's been a post about. Um, they are moving assets to art and sound for the Hanzo rework or the ability rework. So that means that they've at least got the idea pinned down what they want. Hell yes. Okay, cool. So that's what I want to so. hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll probably, I'd say, probably expect that probably within the next month. Yes. Probably, but depending on 
with that and new hero and you know they're they're working on reworking there's um they're gonna have to probably retool symmetra again yeah. apparently that's that's something that's on the back burner but it's gonna happen and may um, as well yeah may just she doesn't fit real well she's kind of her kid is very very too, it's way too situational mm-hmm. like you don't you play this character in this one one instance only and there's never any other time where it's reasonable to play right. yeah i can see that and you always want to have you always want to have character diversity with a game like overwatch so yeah you're right well uh with a hanzo change and a new character on the horizon things are looking pretty good right now at least for me <laughs> um so that must be the quickest overwatch segment ever so we're gonna move on we're gonna move on to I mean, you could talk about the Zenyatta walk. That was oh, fun. Oh, crap. I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> the Zenyatta walk was f- real fun and creepy, was, just like the Torbjorn walk. That was, oh, my God. That was so... It was insane, cause, especially watching it, because I was I was going to say that he was going to, like, stand upright and walk, but instead they, like... I don't know what they did. They, they took the anchors off of the feet and just kind of put them near the ground and then gave him a walk cycle oh. <laughs> put somebody else's walk cycle on yeah. him so he's walking real bow-legged oh my god <laughs> like a stereotypical cowboy in a spaghetti yeah. western with a bow leg and, stirrup. and then they started like making <laughs> so him bad. shoot his orbs around too it was uh, <laughs> scary looking <laughs> i mean that's a little less it's it's less scary than torbjorn wall climbing let me tell you well, that. yeah. that's that's utterly terrifying <laughs> you're right you're right um but moving on uh because i want to talk about something else that is one of my favorite things in the world uh burnout paradise uh really? yes a burnout another burnout another burnout fan yes that's i great. love burnout paradise yes. so much it is one of my favorite games Burnout series in general is fantastic. It is. It is. And EA is remaking what I think is one of the best ones. Rather, they're remastering it. Um, Burnout Paradise. Uh, likely one of the most well-received Burnout games ever. Burnout Paradise, uh, released in 2008, is getting a 4K remaster for the current generation of consoles. Uh, currently, the remaster is set to be released on PS4 and Xbox and will hit PC sometime later this year. But you can expect it to hit uh, the consoles on March 16th. Uh, there was also a slight mistake on the PlayStation Store that uh, said there was some, uh, quote, in-game purchases for the remaster. But EA has since said that it was an error um, and that most of the DLC the original game received will be in the remaster for free. Or for base price or whatever. Yeah, that's that's good on them for doing that because it's a game that had a lot of customization yes. to begin with kind of and you don't really need dlc i don't think no. i mean or if you do dlc you know do like free little updates here and there don't you know. every game doesn't need to have microtransactions no, right. that's yeah, the thing right it's just so it's just so the landscape is well that's how they, that's really how they make the money they don't make the money on the sales they make the money on the five percent of the people who are buying all the stuff in the store right. who are dropping like hundreds of dollars a day slash week on i don't know new tires <laughs> new tires for you you have to buy you have to get your car maintained like, yeah like, like, that would be <laughs> awful that would by the be. oil by the hot oil change dlc oh dear god <laughs> and then rims the rims be spinning um 
I, th- I do think it's good that they nipped it in the bud as quickly as they did, but um, EA's community engagement manager, Ben Walk, uh, just had a really kind of flippant way of um, uh, addressing the issue. He said, uh, quote, the store listing for Burnout Paradise that mentions uh, mentions in-game purchases optional is an error. There are no micro- microtransactions or any additional paid-for content. And then he says, "Pitchforks down, please." <laughs> That's pretty pretty bold coming from somebody from EA of all companies. It's... Yeah, I thought the same. I was like, the, pitch, the pitchforks really be speaking. The pitchforks will never come down from EA ever. No, it's absolutely not, and they, and they don't deserve that. They or they don't deserve the pitchforks to go down. They deserve the pitchforks at the throat, and they need to fix things. Right. Um. It, it was just. It was. It just seemed really flippant to me, and I was like, "Can you? Should you really be talking to people like that? Especially you from EA. Like, slow down, Ben. You, you literally <laughs> just released a game in the fall that." was one of the biggest debacles when it came to microtransactions in the history of gaming right. and you definitely have no room to be flippant and to be like arrogant about things absolutely not i'm glad we agree <laughs> well i mean i'm not going to be the guy who's like microtransactions good like they, they can no. they can be but they don't need to be excessive i think the way that uh going back to Overwatch and even Dragon Ball uh, Fighter Z does it where it's all uh, in-game currency you can do it just by playing the game is the right way to do it um, I don't I don't necessarily agree with uh, rather I don't agree at all with buying a loot box buying Gachapon those things I, it doesn't make any sense yeah it's um comes down to really just the fact that if you want to buy this to get all the extra stuff then great if you want to play the game to get it great you know it's going to take you longer the and the latter but you know there's a way to do it and the overwatch does it right in the regard that everything is cosmetics nothing is right nothing is should be game altering and if there's a game altering bug like sombra bug with the with the reaper alt that was really bad and they fix it right away so mm-hmm. right EA, I got my eye on. Uh, I miss the I miss the 1990s EA. Bring back NHL '94, please. EA Sports, it's in the game. Oh man, many 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 <laughs> many hours of my childhood playing Madden. Let me tell you, really, mm-hmm. just like my brother. <laughs> I, was a, I was a big, I was real big into sports games for yeah. a long time. Kind of tapered off when I got into PC gaming because they don't release sports games for PC for some reason. Because apparently, computer people and computers don't play sports. So yeah, what's you know. that? About? <laughs> you know, that's 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 a good tie in logic right there. Eh? We play FIFA. Oh, no. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even that. <laughs> oh Lord, just FIFA. All Only FIFA <laughs> on the. Um, so uh, moving on to kingdom come deliverance um which i might do a special episode on because it's a really interesting title um kingdom come deliverance has broken the 1 million copies uh sold mark in less than two weeks according to the u.s community manager for warhorse studios rick lagnesi sorry if i butchered that um 
Despite being rather buggy and demanding on PC, players say that the depth and attention to detail make it the success that it is uh, nearly two weeks into its launch. And I haven't played it yet, but from what I've seen, yeah, I agree. It's uh, They really took their time to get the history right, get the tactics right, and all that good stuff that comes with it. It's definitely comes... Uh, it's a it's like a meshing between like it's got the open world freedom of like an Elder Scrolls game or like the Witcher um, series Mm -hmm. but then it's also got combat done well like medieval combat done like Mountain Blade and games like that so it's a good combination of things um it's it's a watching watch I've been watching the streams because they you know everybody's got to play the new game when it comes out and uh it's the bugs are it's buggy as hell definitely and it, some of the bugs are some of the funniest things I've ever seen in gaming honestly <laughs> yeah. so yeah there's some pretty wacky bugs up there like what I haven't actually seen any like I haven't seen any bugs I've seen I've, I've seen people I've seen people get launched into space I've seen horses moonwalk I've seen lots <laughs> of crazy things um oh gosh but it's from what I've seen like, there's so much numbers and depth and like customization is just out of this world really it's definitely a next generation open world game um akin to the witcher 3 or elder scrolls skyrim Hmm. Um, but there's a and the character doesn't seem like he doesn't the main character is just kind of this dorky looking guy named henry and you're like i'm gonna fucking gonna go around and help the people right (laughs) (laughs) just a guy with no powers nothing just just a guy who can fight people like great (laughs) I know a lot of people are really into it because uh, Bill Blessing uh, voices one of the characters in it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know who that is. That's horrible. Oh, shame Bill on Blessing? me. Hold on. Shame. I, should, like, shame. <laughs> I, sh- I feel like I sh- now that you've said that, I feel like I should know who it is. Oh, well, Lord. he's an actor who like climbed Mount Everest. That's part one. <laughs> um... Bill Blessing, Bill Blessing, Bill Blessing, Bill Blessing. Bill, ooh, wow. You know what? Shame on me. His that's name not, is Brian Blessed. That's not... I was thinking of someone else completely um, <laughs> for a moment. But uh, Brian Blessed, Brian Blessed, bleh, Brian Blessed. Uh, let's see, he did things um, mostly on the, on the BBC network in uh, Britain, London. Yeah. Okay. the rest of it um, but he did work in Hollywood uh, he played Long John Silver uh, on Return to Treasure Island um, he did the father of Robin Hood in the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves in 1991 is that the Kevin Costner one? it is the Kevin Costner one yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he's voiced um some CGI characters on Star Wars Episode One, uh, Tarzan. He did uh, the Hunter Clayton uh, in the Disney okay. version. Uh, he well, also how did. Do you, a, how do you not mention his powerhouse performance as Boss Nass in Star Wars Episode One? Yeah. Boss <laughs> <Nass>. <laughs> yeah. Boss Nass. Clearly, clearly the pinnacle of a. Uh, famed stage actor and musical actor's career. <laughs> he was in the Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, Boss Nass. As the guy who did the thing with the cheeks. Yeah, it was it's right. great. <laughs> yes, with the cheeks. Um, yeah, uh, and now he uh, fa- uh, 
voices this famous uh, German military engineer named uh, Lord Conrad Kaiser uh, in Kingdom Come Deliverance. So yeah, he's got he's got a pretty large, uh, you know, large uh, body of work. Yeah, like a good resume. I'd hire him. And definitely. <laughs> well, now that I know who he is, <laughs> Brian Blessed, not Brian Bill. Blessed. I'm an idiot. Bill Blessing is apparently a lawyer. <laughs> yes. Please Oops. do not. Please I, leave. I, Bill, please leave Bill Blessing alone. <laughs> yeah. Please leave Bill Blessing alone. And I, I hope that I have not turned a lot of people off by saying Bill Blessing and not Brian Blessed. I think, I think my boyfriend would kill me if I said Bill Blessing. He'd probably be like, "Who's that? You mean Brian?" Oh Lord! Pin to get the yeah. That's gonna say the knife to the throat. Um, yeah, I, I swear I knew that. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah. So Kingdom Come Deliverance is doing really well. Um, aside from some bugs. Yeah, they can, and bugs can always be fixed, or they yes. can be, or they can be left in and be hilarious. Either way, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and plus, I guess people are modding the game now too. Yeah, it's a PC game. You know, they're gonna mod it. Um, yeah. Yeah, streamline things and make things a little easier. Maybe the menus are a little. The menus are a little cumbersome. It seems, from what I've seen, they get a bit yeah. long, long in the tooth, I guess. Um, but that's good, and it'll and it'll only continue to thrive and grow with more modifications. Right. Good on you, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh, now that we've gone over most of the actual games that have some pretty good news this week. Let's talk about uh, some services and some hardware. Uh, let's let's jump right into Bitcoin. Bitcoin! <laughs> Bitcoin. Crypto. Uh, as I'm sure everyone has heard, uh, Bitcoin is raising the prices on many items, um, kind of offhandedly, but more specifically uh, graphics processors for PCs, also known as GPUs. Uh, the cryptocurrency, which some people use, uh, rather some people gain by mining, or some people simply buy, can be mined efficiently by using a GPU, according to a report from GameSpot. Uh, mining cryptocurrencies requires solving uh, encrypted equations, which apparently GPUs are very good at, uh, thus, people have taken to buying GPUs in incredible numbers in order to make their Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and to mine them faster. And I quite honestly don't understand any of this. I don't understand how imaginary money has made it into our lives. Into <laughs> What? You I mean don't, you don't, don't want to invest in magic internet money? Come on. I don't I don't understand any of this. How does someone just say, yeah, I've got a Bitcoin, and people are like, well, sure, I'll take that instead of a dollar. I'll take one whole Bitcoin, please. Yeah, like, what is this? I don't understand. It's it's amazing because you're effectively investing in, well, nothing, really. I mean, you're investing in other money. I guess it's maybe not so different akin to, like, you can invest in other currencies. I mean, you could, you know, you can invest in the, you know, the Korean won or the, you know euro you can invest in these things you can invest in money it's just it's just another type of currency but it's not regulated by the government that's all right but then doesn't that make it worse <laughs> well it does and it doesn't because 
when you're when you're regulated by the government, you know, you have to follow all the rules. This there's this is the wild west of money right now. It's you know, you can spend it on anything that'll take it and there's not rules against it or anything like that. So I hate it. <laughs> uh, I just hate it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um it 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 just sounds like everyone has Bitcoin credit cards and they're saying, Yeah, I'm like filthy rich with my bitcoins. Like, I don't get it. And it also makes me angry because I work for my money, damn it. <laughs> I work for uh, lame companies for my money. And then these people just buy a GPU and a gaming computer and leave it on. And then they've got $4,000, but in Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin, mining Bitcoin takes a lot of time. It's not going to be like oh, I'm going to mine, like, you know, four whole Bitcoin in a week. No, you're going to mine, like, minute fractions in a month. It's, people are buying, not only are they buying these these graphics cards and stuff like that, they're buying them in bulk, like, five, like, I've seen yeah. purchases of, like, 15 to 20 at a time, and it's... Yeah, I've it, seen some outlets selling, like, six packs of GPUs. My favorite is that I've seen a lot of pictures, I watch, I do a lot of Reddit watching, and there's a lot of pictures of guys and people or people in general returning graphics cards now because the price of Bitcoin dropped by 50% in a month. That's ridiculous. And they're like, well, it's not even worth it to mine it anymore, so I guess we'll just take all these graphics cards back to the store. Why would back you... Back to your local fries, I guess, you know. Like... <laughs> back to Best Buy. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to put so much time and actual money into <laughs> something mining. so something so effectively intangible yeah and not only that but something that can fluctuate like the way you said it can drop 50 percent in like a day i mean that's no different than the stock market you're playing a you're playing a market well, just like any other though sure i don't know it just doesn't make any sense to me i guess this is why i'm not a stocks i mean stocks are a little more tangible than this this is something that's effectively only got value based on what people think it's worth like actual like the birth of currency Currency right. in general only has value what the, what the public deems it worth. Right. And then, of course, there's also, like, every other cryptocurrency out there, like weed coin and dog dollar and whatever. Oh. Well, weed coin, that was, that was made specifically because you can't open a... I think it's in California because of the federal laws and the banking laws, you can't open a, an account for a business that sells marijuana. So right. they basically use that as a currency to get the to make transactions effectively okay that that sounds that sounds smart <laughs> yeah, it, was a, it was a it was a very good idea um weed coin smart bitcoin dumb <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense <laughs> this this cryptocurrency is good but this one is bad <laughs> they're all the same in the end they only have value worth what people think they're worth right no yeah you're right you're absolutely right um and this goes back to doing and guess what's important when it comes to bitcoin math yeah, math has returned. <laughs> good thing I'm good at Hanzo. Yeah, you can do that yeah. simple. Well, I don't think geometry will really help you with this. <laughs> I took trig. I, I can do it. I think I can do it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna try to do mine Bitcoin with Hanzo. All right, mine Bitcoin with Hanzo. <laughs> with, sc with scatter arrows, shoot as many scatter arrows as you can. Do that geometry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay, I don't want to talk about Bitcoin anymore. Um. Let's talk about Mixer. Um, 
Mixer is the, of course, gamer streaming service by Microsoft, or rather it was purchased by Microsoft in 2016. Um, it will now allow streamers to sell directly to viewers in what they're calling the Mixer Direct Purchase. Uh, the streaming service will allow gamers, rather games to be uh, being streamed to be purchased for Xbox One and for Windows 10 PCs. Very specific. Um, streamers will earn 5% of the sale uh, and they are able to choose if they're promoting a specific uh, edition, uh, the base game, or any specific DLC. Uh, Twitch released a similar service around this time last year and as an added bonus, allowed viewers to get free incentives, uh, basically free Twitch crates, which are like loot boxes for Twitch. Stupid. Um, so, on, we're back to the loot boxes again. Yes. So, but I think this is interesting um, because I follow a lot of uh, small streamers, and I uh, try. I'm trying to be a small streamer myself. And everyone, of course, wants to make some kind of profit from their streaming. So this is kind of kind of cool. Um, it's good. It adds another. It adds another revenue stream for streamers to access, have access to. Definitely. Right. And it definitely makes always it a, little, a welcome addition. And it makes it a little easier for people watching who are like, "Oh, this seems like a lot of fun. Uh, I'll I'll grab it too," because um, they don't have to leave the website. They don't have to stop watching the stream. They can just buy it right from the streamer um and then i think publishers who opt into this whole program get about 70 percent of the profit too so it's like a nice win for everyone yeah effectively the the streaming service also indirectly advertises the game while the streamer's Mm -hmm. playing it they get a cut the streamer gets a cut and the company gets a cut everybody wins everybody wins um i think i just think it's it's such a nice thing. Such a good yeah. thing. It's definitely um, a good thing. I will say that perhaps Mixer will need to come up with some other kind of free incentive thing like Twitch, but I don't think that Twitch crates containing chat badges and emotes is like a big deal. Um, no. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Microsoft can think of something else to do. Microsoft, yeah, it's... The fact that it's Microsoft, they'll find a way. But you know, Twitch is owned by Amazon, which is huge. Right. Yes. So there's a lot of things that that they can do with the Twitch with the Twitch platform that they can sell product on. So Microsoft's a little more limited in what they can sell compared to Amazon, which basically literally sells anything you could possibly think of. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Jeff Bezos can think of something else. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's. There's there's a lot of problems with Twitch, but there's you know it's still the biggest one. It's still the biggest service, so it's you know intrinsically going to be survive. It's going to survive, and you know others other streaming services and things like that have to bring something completely different to the table if they want to be successful. Mixer is very much um, more real time than Twitch is, though. It, it used it to has- be, well. I mean, Twitch used to be that way, but then yeah. they changed. They changed their coding. I think it was like that. They're encoding or whatever, and now everything's on like a fifteen to twenty second delay. Yeah, Mixer is much more real time, um, and also there's some, if I'm not mistaken, there is some ways for more uh, viewer interaction as well, not just uh, 
streamer interaction, but the viewers can kind of interact with the streamer, and it kind of makes it all a little more fun. Yeah, it's it's take it takes time to grow. You know, it takes time to grow the tree. In the yeah. end, um, you start you started it. You know, this service is only what like three three years old, something like that. Some yeah, about there. You know, the Justin TV platform that Twitch came from has been around for almost a decade now. So it's yeah, that's true. Definitely have a lot of catching up to do. Or you know, and I think and the most and I think the most important thing with a lot of streaming is interactivity. Definitely, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're on a delay, it's harder to interact with your chat. It's harder to interact with every anything. Pretty much. Right. I will say that uh, according to this GameSpot uh, report, Mixer was able to uh, kind of close the large gap between viewership on Twitch and Mixer. So they have caught up and in a, such a short amount of time since Microsoft acquired the company. Uh, I, it's it's impressive. Good on them. They, yeah, they, they have a mobile app now, which is, I think, one of the biggest things you need as a as a streaming service, mm-hmm. um, you absolutely must have a, a mobile application of some kind. A good one. A yeah, it, has, yeah, it, has to, it has to work, and it has <laughs> to, you know, it has to be at least a little bit customizable. Um, the Twitch mobile app right now is pretty, pretty bare bones. I think. I think they've been adding things here and there, but in general, it's pretty bare bones. Right. So, um, do you do you Twitch? Do you do that? Do I do the Twitch thing? I I did I did I did do I do the Twitch? Um, <laughs> I, I I did for a little while. Um, I used to stream like older retro stuff. I played a lot of Super Mario Brothers three on stream. Um, things like that. Um, Streets Streets of Rage two is my favorite game of all time yes. on Sega Genesis. I played the hell out of that game. I played on stream. I did a lot of. I tried to do a lot of speed running and no death running in that game on stream too. Um, but. That's that was a long while ago. I've, you know, it's it's I get used to playing to an empty crowd, I guess. But yeah, you know, I but see. it's something you get, you know, every day. You got to just keep at it every day. Be consistent, you know, interact with those who come in word of mouth, um, <laughs> you know, stuff grow, like grow, that. Sell, sell yourself and grow your brand. Yeah, definitely. And that's what the weekly cooldown will be doing very soon. Uh, Bull. Yes. I have a question for you. Oh, I love questions. (laughs) Good. Um, what is a game you've played either recently or maybe in the past or, you know, something you might have wanted to play that you would recommend to the listener? Right now, um, one of the biggest things I would recommend, because I know there's a new one, there's one coming out to the States next month, Yakuza Zero. Ah, what a good recommendation for, for PS for PS4. It's I I bought it. Um, I caught it on sale for like twenty five bucks. Um, it's phenomenal. It the story is great. It's a good get. It's a good jumping point to get into the series. Um, you don't have to play. You know, it's the what six, six game release in the series, but still, it's it's a pre a prequel to in the Yakuza series and you get introduced to characters that you will meet in, you know, one, two, three, four, five. Um, it ties everything together really well. Combat is great. Um, 
killing people is fantastic, even though <laughs> they don't actually they don't actually die. Right. But how but, strange for a, a game named Yakuza Zero. Yeah, I um when I I knew the game was real when I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty graphic honestly. It, watching people get their head slammed in car doors is pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was like, I knew this game was for real when I played and I did the thing where I jammed a box of nails into a dude's mouth and I was like, oh god. I was like, this game is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there's just so much, there's so many wacky things that there's side quests and there's like real wacky things to do. Like you, you can go bowling, you can race slot cars, you can you know, play darts, play pool, do karaoke. There's just a bunch of wacky things you can do in that game, and there's there's endless depth to it, really. Um, it's, that's one I'd recommend for sure. It's always reminded me of like Japanese Grand Theft Auto. The, it is, and it, it is, and it isn't. It's really its own thing. Um, yeah. There's the freedom is there, but you know, you you run around the streets and you just pick fights with people. You know, you <laughs> can't really, you can't openly punch everybody like you can in Grand Theft Auto, but. You punch the people who mess with you, and you get to, you know... There's one of the fighting... One of the fighting styles is literally breakdancing. It's great. <laughs> there you go. Give it a look. Give it a look. It's great. <laughs> Bull's recommendation. Yakuza Zero. Check it out. That is it for the weekly cooldown. Uh, Bull, where can people find you on social medias or whatever you got? Oh, Lord. I have, like, no social media. I'm, like, an old man. <laughs> oh, no. We gotta set me up with that Twitter. Yeah. Twitter's cool. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard good things. It's just I've never actually like got into it, and I got to get off Facebook because old people use Facebook. Yes, old people use Facebook. Young people use Tumblr and then evolve into Twitterites. Is that how that works? I believe so because that's what's happened to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's a lot of like. I mean, even that setting up like Instagram and stuff. Well, Instagram's a bit. Um, I might be a bit old for Instagram and Snapchat, but yeah, Instagram's cool. Um, but can we find you maybe on Tumblr still? Um, yeah, I'm, uh, Crimson Slash, Crimson Dash Bull, uh, Tumblr.com. Um, I post random crap, Final Fantasy XIV. Um, you know, anything I find interesting, I like, I like reblogging cool crap. So I reblog everything I find that's cool crap. <laughs> Excellent. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Gaming. You can find the weekly cooldown on its own Twitter, WK Cooldown. Uh, and you can visit the Weekly Cooldown website, which has been revamped and is totally finished. I'm not doing anything else to it for a long time uh, at uh, WKCooldown.com. That is it for the Weekly Cooldown. I've got to go, mm, let's say, go punch a cop on Punching Cops. Grand Theft Auto 5. <laughs> <I mean. We'll> <laughs> Whatever helps you, man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time on the Weekly Cooldown. Thanks, everyone.